Life at Home podcast and we're up to Matthew chapter 11 and our topic this week is expectations. What are our expectations of Jesus? What is it that shapes those expectations and when things go wrong in life, things don't go to plan, what do our responses to those things show us about who we think Jesus is and what we expect from him? I've got a very special guest this week. It's my wife. Kate Barron. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Kate. Are you excited about this? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. That's good. I'm glad you are. You've been into uh, Matthew 11 a little bit today and yesterday. You were saying how verse 2 and 3, John the Baptist, his question struck you. Yeah, well, um, John's, it says he's in prison and he hears about what Jesus is doing and he sends disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? And that just got me thinking about how, what we think and what John thought of what Jesus should be doing. Yeah. Can lead us to question all is, is he this promised King or not? Yeah. It's interesting that John's got those questions. And when we think about Kings and rulers in the, in the ancient world, Normally, you'd expect kings to be, you know, rallying people around them to go on a conquest or to be victorious in some way. And, you know, Jesus was anything but that kind of king. And you can kind of understand why people like John and um, others with the worldly expectations of what kings would do, why they were asking that question of Jesus, are you the king? Yeah, well, I think there's, it's even more so if you think about the Jewish context of waiting for this, this Messiah, this king that's going to come and restore Israel and, you know, bring the blessing back to that nation who've been oppressed for so long. And, um, you know, they've got the Romans ruling over them. So I could see how they'd be hoping that, well, expecting that the Messiah would be, you know, getting an army together and, and heading to Jerusalem to, to kick the Romans out. Yeah, so when you when you hear that Jesus has been preaching this real upside down kingdom of, you know, the the poor and the meek being blessed, that doesn't sound very overthrow the Romany kind of. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite seem like it's matching up with their picture of mm. of what they were expecting. Yeah, well, it's not just John and um, first century Israelites that have or had expectations of Jesus. Uh, we today. We have expectations of Jesus shaped by all kinds of things, not always scripture. Do we ask a similar question that John asked? Yeah, I, I'm not sure many of us would, would ever verbalize it quite this way. But I think when things happen in life that perhaps uh, yeah, aren't what we thought should be happening or weren't what we expected in following Jesus, it, it can kind of cause us to start looking elsewhere. Even if we're not, you know, saying the question out loud, we, we can start turning, turning around side to side, seeing what's over here, what's over there that might, that might fulfill what we think we really need or what we really want, yet yeah, that we thought perhaps Jesus should have done. Mm. And can you think of an example in our life? I think straight away um, about our oldest daughter when they were little and didn't sleep much. Can you reflect a bit on those times for you, Kate, and what that taught you? Yeah, I, I, uh, that was probably the first real bout of sustained kind of suffering in the form of sleep deprivation and, and washing, watching our little girl 
yeah, go through some stomach pain and issues. I, I for some reason, had thought that perhaps God should have been sparing me that. I had an expectation that that shouldn't be my experience of becoming a parent. And I remember feeling quite angry at God that he was letting, letting this happen. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think I knew he was trying to teach me something, but I didn't like it and didn't like the way he was going about it. Yeah, so I think that meant that I, even though I wasn't thinking I need a new saviour, I was looking to science, you know, to all the specialists mm-hmm. that we saw. and We read. saw a lot of doctors. <laughs> we did. And, and um, you know, doing my own research on the internet, trying to look into things, looking for that silver bullet that was going to fix the problem. Um, mm. And I think I really held out hope that one day we would find this thing that was going to solve our daughter's problems and therefore, mm. you know, solve our sleep, sleep issues. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes some of my reflections are that well-meaning Christians as well, sometimes by the way they responded and the the things that they said, oh, you know, you should try this, you should try that. If you do this, it'll get better or whatever the advice was. That just, I think, reinforced for me the expectation that, oh, there must be something that we're not doing or that we haven't found or that we're missing um, mm. and so there's an ex- I think that we have this expectation that suffering in this life will end. That mm. we expect that God is going to get us that job that we really need really soon. Or we have that expectation that that illness is going to be healed or that difficult relationship is going to be fixed. And uh, I'm not sure that that's what God promises in this life. Mm. So thinking about what God promises then, the promise background for that you know that John the Baptist had in the Old Testament scriptures that we have and but also thinking we've got the benefit of being able to look over all of salvation history as well how how does this salvation history shape our expectations or how can it well I think it it shows as we've already kind of seen in Matthew it it shows what our true needs are as we see Jesus, the way he interacts with people. Uh, and I just think back to a couple of weeks ago with the paralyzed man and he offered forgiveness. You know, he, he was experiencing real physical suffering um, that had many ramifications, but Jesus saw him and knew his deepest need was forgiveness. And we have the benefit of seeing that Jesus has offered that forgiveness by dying and rising again. And so I think that helps us to clarify expectations in terms of what God has and hasn't promised because what we we don't actually need that suffering to end or whatever it is that that's not what we need the most Uh, we need forgiveness I think the other thing that it teaches us is it, it, it helps us to look at our experience with the right frame of reference the right um worldview because well for example thinking back to when we were going through that that ongoing sleep deprivation and watching Ellie being really uncomfortable. And there was times when I felt like, like, God, what have I done wrong? Mm. Um, But, but when I look to the cross, I know that, I know that it's not, can't be that God's punishing me because Jesus has taken that punishment. And so I know that it's, it's not that there's something that God's getting me back for. 
And so as I, I look to other parts of the scriptures, I know that God says he's, he's using this to conform me to the image of Christ. Mm. He's teaching me something. He's growing me. He's making me more like Jesus. And that's mm. not comfortable. Like it doesn't make it easy to no. endure, but, it, but at least it helps me to understand what isn't, isn't happening in mm. this moment. I think what you've said there reminds me of what God's discipline is like and how we can expect God as we go through suffering to use the suffering, like you said, to conform us to the image of Christ, to make us more like our older brother hmm. um, in the family of God, make us more like Jesus. God uses the suffering to discipline us, teach us, shape us. Not in a, yeah, like you said, not in a punishment, punitive sense but in a teaching in a forming in a um, what's good for us you know what's good for us thing suffering is used to achieve and i think that um as you go on in in chapter 11 here towards um the end of of this week's passage where jesus starts denouncing the the towns where he'd done these miracles but they they hadn't repented it it shows you the seriousness of not taking that moment to examine who Jesus is because we can so easily reject Jesus if our expectations of what he should or should not do for us are are not met. And I think of people that I've known who uh, were single and really wanted to get married and as yet that's not happened, but they've walked away from the Lord because they, that was something that they thought they should have mm, an um, expectation that 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 they de- that they deserved or that 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 was something needed that or, they needed yeah. and so they've rejected jesus over that but the end here where it's you know the judgment day is coming and if we don't stick with jesus like that's he is the answer and so it's god's kindness to us to use these moments where our expectations don't match up for him to show us, for us to take that time to examine uh, our own hearts, Mm. uh, but also to look more into who Jesus is and see how actually he gives us everything that we need. Mm. Um, And and he he truly is worth following even through those difficult times. Mm. I think it's a reality check, I think, to be shaped and to have our, our lives and our hearts and our desires shaped around Jesus so that our expectations fit with what God has revealed to us in Scripture. And that we're not expecting Jesus to mould to our expectations and essentially making ourselves God by saying, if you don't do things the way that I want them to be done, then I'm jumping ship. You're not for me. I'm going to reject you, Jesus. Um, Mm. And I think it's Jesus' answer to John isn't harsh you know he he doesn't like that's a good point he doesn't Mm. um really reprimand john for asking the question he just says go back and tell him what you see and blessed is the one who does not stumble on account of me it's Mm. it's a it's a very gentle i feel answer it's it's not a harsh word so jesus isn't if we if we haven't got all together and sometimes we have the wrong expectations it's not the end of the world, but it's yeah. an opportunity. Isn't it awesome how patient Jesus is? How gentle, as you said. You know, we can be pretty slow sometimes to grow and change, but 
we can trust and we can know that Jesus is with us and that God's Spirit is at work um, changing us each day. Hmm. Well, the little man's probably going to wake up pretty soon, so we should probably leave it there. Thanks for joining me, Kate, on the New Life at Home podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of New Life at Home. Next week, I'm going to be chatting with Kelly Nicholas, our mission partner over in Japan, and she's going to share some of her insights into God's Word as we keep working through Matthew's Gospel together. And we'll also get the chance to hear about what's happening in Japan and the kind of ministry that Kelly's involved in.